Amen. Hey, once again, we are an exciting study. That's right. You can read Freemasonry. Okay. And uh, we have been taking a journey on that. And the first journey we've been doing is basically following up our 66-week study on the occult. And basically, we followed that up with now this, our basically study on occult societies, right, uh, is what we've been doing. So our first one, of course, is Freemasonry. And we started off with our cross, uh, shot across the bow, I call it. And this is a Christian warning, uh, the very first study uh, across the bow, that if you're a Christian, uh, to be blunt with you, you need to repent, run, and get right with God. You have no business being part of this. It's an occult secret society. It's satanic. You need to get out of it now. Uh, you have no business being a part of that. The second one we saw was uh, the history. Well, wait a second. This is crazy. How in the world did Freemasonry get here, not only in America, but across the world? And as we've been seeing, how in the world did it get in the church? Well, that's why we began the history section, discovering how that took place. Then, for further proof that you have no business being a part of this, certainly if you profess to be a Christian, we took a look at their beliefs. Their beliefs are clearly a satanic false gospel. It's a works-based false gospel. has nothing to do with Jesus Christ uh, and the true gospel. And man, why in the world would you sit there and try to squeeze the two together? They're all about uh, worshiping, as we'll see again tonight, Lucifer ultimately, and uh, leading people straight into hell. It's not, this is not a, a game. This is serious. This is what they're doing to people. Then we took a look at the symbols of Freemasonry for a couple. And shocker, just like with other occult activities, the witchcraft, Satanism, voodoo, shamanism, they what? what they codify their belief system in symbols. That's what the occult does. Well, here's an occult society. Freemasonry, guess what they do? The exact same thing. Go figure. And so we expose that. And then the benefit of that is when you see what their occult symbols are, Freemasonry and what they mean, they're everywhere. And it opens up your eyes to see what we're up against. And that's why last time we took a look at the leaders of Freemasonry, okay? And we took a look at, well, who in the world is promoting this? Other than as we saw, uh, Joseph Smith and the Mormons, who a lot of his rituals and secret handshakes and stuff, he ripped off from Freemasonry. Go figure. He was a liar and a con artist, amongst other things. But we took a look. Well, who else is doing that? Well, we began to break it down last time. We saw uh, this guy, uh, Manly P. Hall. Boy, he looks like a walking advertisement. Come join Freemasonry. That'll invite you. Look at that picture. I tell you what. Again, you get involved in the occult. Woo-wee. It starts to show in your accountants. I tell you what. But Manly P. Hall, and according to the Freemasons, he's the, quote, Egyptian mystery religion. Freemason. That, that tells you a lot. This guy uh, not only was involved in that, but he brought a lot of that element into Freemasonry. Okay. But he's one of the big leaders that they look up to in the writings and things of that nature. And so is this guy, Eliphaz Levi. He is called the, quote, Masonic magician. Uh, and basically what they mean by magician is not some Vegas act. Okay. We're talking about black magic. Okay. Uh, all uh, uh, black, and usually it's typically spelled with the I-C-K is your headline. And, uh, but it's, it's all bad. But this guy was into the black dark arts as well. Uh, and he was also, this guy, not only influential on Freemasonry, but he also was an influence on Helena Blavatsky. Okay, and the Theosophical Society, which we saw in our Satanism study, was the forerunners of modern-day Satanism. Not a good camp. And this guy also was a proponent of socialism. Hmm, that tells you everything you need to know about that belief system as well. And this guy is also responsible for what we're still dealing with this today called the Baphomet. Okay, and this guy uh, brought that to Freemasonry as well, which led to the third guy, and that's Albert Mackey. Albert Mackey uh, was the primary founder of the Scottish Rite Freemasonry, which we're going to get in tonight, all the different branches. Okay, He was big into Jewish mysticism, the Kabbalah, but he was also heavy duty. He was their big symbolism guy. 
the big symbols of Freemasonry. In fact, he wrote a big book called The Symbolism of Freemasonry. And he was a 33-degree uh, uh, Mason, which a lot of them are when they get to that top. And as we saw last time, we are still dealing with that Masonic 33 amongst other symbols everywhere. Remember that? You saw, we saw that with Disney. We saw that with the COVID pandemic. Really? How many times did 33 pop up in that one? And all the news announcements. There's no way that was by chance. And we're still dealing with it today. The symbolism of 33. Let me give you one more little teaser on that one. Watch this. Now, your ignorance, Mr. Prater, Islam has contributed a lot to America. In the middle of the Supreme Court is, in the rotunda, is a statue or bust of the Prophet Muhammad, showing the respect that American law and jurisprudence has for the revealer of the Quran. Many of American presidents are Masons and Shriners who got to the 33rd degree and studied the Quran in secret and have the star and the crescent on their face. What? 33 in the rotunda and presidents were Freemasons and 30 and, and Islam Allah. Yeah, we're going to see that tonight, folks. That's a branch of uh, Freemasonry called the Shriners. OK, and uh, that really happens. And these guys are bringing it to the highest places in our country. You wonder why things are so messed up. Then we saw the fourth one was, of course, the big guy. Literally, he was a big guy. Uh, Albert Pike. He also was a 33-degree Mason. He got his degrees through the previous guy we just saw, Mackey. Uh, following the Civil War, he was put on charges for treason. But guess what? All of a sudden, the guy who followed President uh, Lincoln's assassination, President Andrew, granted him a pardon. And even visited him in the White House. I hope he didn't have anything to do with Lincoln's assassination. But all this is the kind of stuff that's going on, folks, behind the scenes. Right. Uh, Albert Pike was also involved, even secular researchers uh, conjuring up the devil, sexual orgies, all kinds of rotten stuff. He also was the, quote, grandmaster of the order of the Palladio Council of Wisdom, a Luciferian organization who thinks Lucifer's a good guy. And that's at, also at the heart of Freemasonry, uh, that he's a good guy. We need to follow Lucifer's man to bring a utopia, the new world order on the planet. So this is what this guy, and then we left off, if you were here last week, that he also pinned, and I quote, a letter outlining, quote, and this was in the late 1800s, a letter outlining the strategic intentions of the elite, the Freemasonry elite, in establishing a government through three world wars. And, and we, we read through the actual letter, and it was tit for tat, exactly how it went down on World War I, the same key players, the World War II, and the third one they said, the World War that's going to, uh, out of the ashes of that, is going to bring this Luciferian order, and this one guy that we're always going to bring in Utopia, the third and final war was a Jewish war, a war between the Jewish people and the Islamic people. To be used as an excuse to get rid of all the Christians and the atheists so that nothing would be left but Luciferian worship. We got duped, folks. Mm -hmm. People in high places that are steering things. And the reason why is because we're going to see tonight, these guys are everywhere. The branches of Freemasonry are everywhere. They're seducing people young and old alike. They're involved in governments all around the world, okay? But you're going to like, wait a second, wait a second. Here you go again, Pastor Billy. 
This, you're saying Freemasonry, we all know, they just, you know, they just, they help with children's hospitals and they're just trying to help the community, you know, the, a good old boys club, right? And they're not really a secret society with secret meetings and secret handshakes and all this kind of stuff trying to take over the world. Once again, folks, secretly recorded, here's some more of their secret meetings with their secret passwords. Let's take a look at this real quick. I see the folks? Yeah, as in I have no gift for a bunch of It is real. The fast is right. It is my direction that you conduct a candidate to the worshipful master in the east for his examination. Wait a second. Wait, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but do you, do you see this in these meetings? There's always that guy with the robe and he's got the funky crown hat thing going on. Is it just me, or does that remind you of this guy? Vicky the Butter. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I don't want to get sidetracked. But he just turned into a Freemason. No, he just ate some butter. But it's like this. Well, what's with the crown thing? Didn't it look exactly like that? The butter guy, but anyway, I, I date myself. But anyway, uh, seriously, folks, this is what's really going on. You just saw it. they do secret meetings in secret, secret handshakes and things of that nature. And, and there's a bunch of secret words that we saw. Uh, and they don't like it when we expose the secret words, so let's just do just that. Uh, Talmud, Kabbalah, Star, uh, Rafon, uh, Maha, Bones, you saw there that stance uh, that they use, the widow's son. Remember, that's part of the deal, like especially if you're uh, in court and you want the Masonic judge to let you off. You've got to do these certain things and pass. This, this still goes on to this day, folks. You're going to see it again tonight. Uh, the lion's paw, Boaz, Shibboleth, and Yakin and Tubalkins, you saw, was a part of the process again tonight. So this is not a conspiracy theory. This is really going on today. And again, they are all over the world, including Germany, amongst places. Let's take a look at that real quick. In the venerable church of St. Michel, the members of what is probably the biggest secret society in the world are celebrating a jubilee. 275 years ago, the Freemasons established their first lodge in Germany. The fraternity's elite have come to Hamburg to celebrate the anniversary. For the first time, a camera has been allowed to film their ritual meeting. Normally, such assemblies are off limits to the outside world. there are five million Freemasons. In some countries where the society is banned, members risk their lives when they meet. What kind of people are these Freemasons who operate in secret and who have always been persecuted? What sort of knowledge do they take into their lodges? And why is the outside world kept in the dark about the organization? A hidden parallel world exists in our midst. One with its own special symbols and strange rituals. And slit your throat if you ever reveal the secrets. This is what they're doing, folks. 
what's really going on, as he said, and why are they all in secret and all that stuff? Because, folks, as we've been seeing, they really are everywhere in every major developed country, in high places, and they are steering world events ultimately towards what they think is a good thing, a Luciferian-type worship that they have been duped and think that it is a good thing to do. They're not just a do-gooders club. They're not just about raising money and helping out with kids' hospitals. That's all a smokescreen, okay? And again, this is because they're everywhere influencing all kinds of events, okay? But as always, before we get into that, let's remind ourselves why nobody, let alone a Christian, should ever be a part of this thing or help them in any way. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God. So open your Bibles to 2 John. 2 John. If you find John, what do you do? Take a serious hard right. Okay. Uh, 2 John. Or if you get to the end, Revelation, just go a couple books back. But 2 John 1, verses 1 through 11, basically the whole, almost the whole uh, letter here, 2 John 1. And we're going to see what do we do with these folks that we uh, are out there in the world, uh, but they got a wrong gospel, like the Freemasonry. Okay. But it could be Mormons, could be Jehovah's Witnesses, anybody with a false works based gospel. Right? What do we do? Well, God tells us exactly what we need to do. Second John chapter one, verse one says this to the elder or the elder, to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not uh, I only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us for how long? Forever. forever. And you receive Christ your Savior. Okay, he is the way that the truth, the life. Uh, it lasts forever. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, uh, will be with us in truth and love. Now, he says this. It is, it is giving me great joy to find... What's the key word there? Some. Notice he didn't say everybody. There's a mixture going on, and he's going to bring out some of the problems with that. Uh, it's, it's giving me great joy to find that some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one that you've heard from the beginning. I ask that we what? Love one another. If only I knew how to display Christian love. If I just need, I need to get a word from God and figure out and buy this special book and do this technique. No, just keep reading. He tells you, you say that you love God. You say that you're a Christian. What do you do? Here's what it is. And this is love that we what? Walk in obedience to his commands. Just like our book of James study. Go figure, right? Uh, that if you're going to listen to God's word, okay, uh, you what? You have a desire to not just listen, but what? Obey, you do it because you're involved with the Holy Spirit of God. He drives you to do it. You want to do it. He's changed your heart. He drives you to the book that he authored, right? And he wants you to reflect that. So this is love that we walk in obedience to his, his commands. As you've heard from the beginning, his command is that we, you walk in love. And again, you demonstrate that love by doing what he says to do. Here's the problem. How many? Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh Okay, they got a false gospel. They've gone out into the world. Again, book of James. Why was James the first book written? Uh, it doesn't appear that way in the Bible, but 40 AD, the first chronological book written, and it's all about how to spot a fakers, because as soon as the church is born, what does Satan do? He sends what? Deceivers out there to try to mess up the church. First, second, and third John and Revelation were typically the last books here, because they are chronologically some of the last books written in the New Testament. Revelation about 95, 96 AD. Right? So you got the first book in the New Testament warning about fakers. Here you got 1st, 2nd, 3rd John also warning about fakers. I don't think it's by chance. Perfect capstone. They, they didn't just, at the birth of the church, they're still there to this day. And dare I say, we're dealing with them still to this day. So he says that many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is what? A deceiver and the what? Antichrist. Right? Meaning opposer of Christ. 
okay? Because that's what they do. They oppose the message of Christ with the false gospel, right? Watch out that you do not lose what you've worked for. <gasps> See, right there, you've got to work for your salvation. You can lose it if you don't do certain things. No, no, we do not work for our salvation. Scripture interprets Scripture. We're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Keep reading the context. He tells you what he's talking about is not salvation, but rewards, right? And that's why he follows up with this and says, but that you may be what? Rewarded fully. You don't want to lose any reward, right? God wants you to do great things, but you keep messing up and whatever, you'll, you'll get to heaven all right. Praise God, because we're there by his grace, through faith, through the work of Jesus Christ. But guess what? You lost that reward, the privilege of Revelation 4, laying that at the feet of Christ. He says, anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in this teaching has both the Father and the Son. Watch this. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. Oh, no, that means any time that you and I, we get ding dong. Somebody comes to the door and it's a Mormon. It's a Jehovah's Witness. It's a Freemason. We slam it in their face because we will never let them into our home. Ah! Unfortunately, believe it or not, a lot of people take this passage out of the context and that's how they interpret this. That's why I'm not even talking. Slam the door. Well, who's going to witness to the witness? Who's going to witness to the Mormon? Who's going to witness in this context with an, a false gospel? Also, the Freemason. If he just keeps closing the door. Rather, listen, we are talking about here, you are not to aid and abet and help them propagate their lying, deceiving, antichrist, false gospel. That's what's going on here. The, the context here, and this was the lady, the church that met in her home. Why? Because the early church, guess where they met? In the home. So really the context here, even though we're talking about a home, a house, don't let them, you know, they're talking about really vernacular today, a church facility. Don't let these guys into your uh, uh, church facility, meaning don't help propagate them. Why? Because typically what would happen in the early church at this time is there would be itinerant teachers, preachers who would go around, right? And so they would go to different churches who at this point met in homes, okay? And they would share the truth of God's word, right? But then for uh, the, the church, when they were done, they, they were itinerant. They would go on to the next home, the next church, and so what would they do before? And they were encouraged to do in the scripture. Take up an offering, do whatever, help these guys along in their journey as they're propagating the truth of God's word and the gospel, right? So that's the context that's going on here, right? You, it's not that you can't witness to these people and you just slam your door in your home, okay? It is, you do not help these guys along. You wouldn't have a Mormon come to your door, right? And it isn't just let them in. Right? It's you, yes, witness to them, but you don't say, hey, here's a hundred bucks and go buy some more, more of your Mormon tracks and pass them out to the rest of the neighborhood. <laughs> and you would think that's common sense, right? But, but that's what he's warning against. He said, listen, don't, don't compromise on this. You do not help propagate anything when it comes to Paul's teacher. So it's not going to the one extreme saying, I slammed the door. I will never let you. No, you got to witness to them. The context is you don't help propagate a false gospel. Now, Back to the vernacular and back to today, the church, because again, they met in homes at this time. There are churches today that are violating this passage of scripture. They are actually helping to propagate the false gospel of Freemasonry. They are allowing it to come into the church. In fact, what's crazy, I was doing some interviews this week uh, in Oklahoma, and I was talking to one of the, the guys there, and he said, hey, what are, you, what are you studying on? I said, well, Wednesday nights we're doing Freemasonry, and immediately he pops up, oh, hey, i got a story for you. I said, what? He says, man, one time me and so-and-so, we were invited uh, to a funeral of this guy at this church. And so we went 
And the, the good news was the pastor was there, and, and, he, and he, he shared the gospel. Oh, that's cool, right? He says, but it turns out the deceased person was a Freemason, and so after the pastor, quote, shared the gospel, he allowed, the church allowed the Freemasons to get up there in their garb and then proclaim their false gospel. And I'm sitting there going like, wait a second, so praise God the pastor, in theory, shared the gospel, that's good, but why would you allow people to come in and completely undermine everything? And you're, you're violating this passage. You're, you're propagating. You're helping them to propagate. What are you doing? And just to remind ourselves that uh, even allowing a, quote, Freemason funeral in your church or church setting or whatever, uh, that is completely unbiblical. It's a total false gospel. Let's remind ourselves of that again real quick. What does Freemasonry teach through their ritual at a Masonic funeral ceremony? Are those teachings in accord with the Bible? To begin with tonight, I'd like you to look at two statements that are taken from the ritual from the Masonic funeral ceremony in Maryland. First, Masonry seeks constantly to build the temple of the soul and thus to fit us for that house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And second, when our brother labored with us in Masonic attire, he wore a white apron which he was taught is an emblem of innocence and a badge of a mason. By it, he was constantly reminded of that purity of life and that rectitude of conduct so necessary to his gaining admission into the celestial lodge above. That's how the Masonic Lodge says their members can know they will get to the celestial lodge above. Well, let's compare that with the Bible. What does the Bible say about how a person can get to heaven. First of all, in John 14, 6, we read, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In Ephesians 2, 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, that no one should boast. And finally, in John chapter 3, verse 36, he who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And yet you allowed them in your church to preach that false gospel. Something's wrong. That's the thrust of Second John, right? Don't do that. Yes, we witness to them, but you do not help them propagate any of their heresy and their false teaching. Unfortunately, that's going on all over the place, even in churches today. It's absolutely crazy. And when you witness to them, go figure. Some actually respond. I've been sharing this the last couple of days. I'll share another one I got in. And it was just a screenshot that a guy, he was doing what we encourage people to do. Hey, don't watch just the video yourself. Share it with other people, social media, whatever, you know, and send the link, do whatever. And they Believe it or not, do it sometimes. But uh, a guy, he shared, the, uh, the, I think, the first couple of Freemason studies that we've done uh, with one of his buddies involved in that. And he just was encouraged, and he, sh and he sent me the screenshot. So I want to just see the thread. It's, it speaks for itself. He says this. He says, uh, hey, thank you, brother. He says, uh, don't forget to listen to those things on Freemasonry. And watch this. This was the reply. I did. I listened to both of them last night. It was a real eye-opener. I'm through with it. I repented and asked the Lord to forgive me. Amen. Amen. Brother, I'm glad to hear that. That's what happens when you don't compromise. Right? 
Uh, you don't shrink back in fear. Oh, I'm going to have to let these guys. No, that's a false gospel. You need to let people know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's why we're doing that. But again, this is going on even in the church because these guys are everywhere, everywhere, seducing young and old alike. So we're going to begin to break down the branches, Lord willing, for still alive and still here, the next two studies, including youth groups. They got youth groups, and they merge those youth groups into church youth groups. It's crazy. But not here with the Houstons. No, sirree. That's right. That's right. Here. Uh, but anyway, uh, but we'll get into that. So let's begin to break it down. Uh, these guys and their godless false gospel, they are everywhere. Now, the first branch that we're going to deal with is back where it all started in England. English Freemasonry. Okay. The main branch, and again, I can't get into every little sub-detail because there's a ton of them out there. Okay. But we're going to hit the big ones. Right? But the main branch is called Ugo. That literally is how they... Ugo. That's how I would feel if I was forced to ever go there. Ugo. But it stands for United Grand Lodge of England. Ugo. That literally is their acronym, not mine. You thought I was joking, and I was, but there is truth to it. Okay. Now, Ugo, or the Grand Lodge of England, that's their big one, uh, is the governing Masonic Lodge for the majority of Freemasons in England, Wales, and what's called the Commonwealth of Nations. Now, if you don't know that, people say, you know, you got to now King Charles, you know, and making all these big, we're going to do this on the global scene, and we're going to bring about climate change and, and all this other weird stuff. And you're like, who's this England, England, small little country? They ain't got no power around the world. Well, no. England is still in charge of what's called the Commonwealth of the Nations, and this is it on a world map. They have a lot of control, a lot of influence everywhere, and a lot of them are Freemasons. So they're controlling just in this one segment, first branch of Freemasonry, that's controlling a big segment of the world, okay? But that's the Commonwealth of England. Now, of course, they trace their back, Ugu, okay, uh, all the way back to 1717, we saw it was the historical date for when uh, Freemasonry was officially started, could go a little bit further back, certainly does not go back in their heresy of saying, oh, it's all started back with Hiram of Biff and Solomon's Temple. That's a bunch of baloney made up as we saw before. Uh, but their creation of the lodges followed the development of the British Empire. So as the British Empire began to spread, guess what they took with them? Freemasonry. And again, that's how it hopped upon and came over here to America. We'll see that again in a little bit. But the, still to this day, even this Oogle or the United Grand Lodge of England, uh, they're not just in England. As I said, they're in uh, Wales and uh, other countries, including... Uh, the developments in the Americas, India, and Africa. Now, why? Because where did England go to conquer the world? Which, by the way, they have not given up their uh, desire for that. Okay, and you see that with the Commonwealth. Uh, but basically, they brought Freemasonry. That's why they're still there in these countries today. Now, during the formation, and I quote, uh, they believe that, and this is a direct quote, uh, that, that, that Freemasonry could, cause, uh, could serve uh, the cause of humanity to create, and I quote, a universal religion. So basically, it's a supplanted religion. It's a Luciferian religion, right? And that this is going to become a religion for the whole planet to wrap their arms around. And as we saw before, this is why they're very big on all religions coming together. You can't say nothing bad about another religion because that's one of their big underpinnings. Complete heresy, right? Now, in response to this, uh, uh, they've gotten some flack. You know, people come out and say, hey, what are you guys doing behind doors? And we're starting to see what your agenda is not looking good. 
And so as we're going to see with these guys, as well as other guys, especially the Shriners, uh, they just kind of start changing their terminology and they're basically throwing out smoke screens to hide some of their behavior. But let me give you some idea of just the grandmasters of Ugu, okay, and uh, just how high up these guys are. And I can't list all of them, but let me give you, these guys are everywhere in British royalty and other royalty there throughout Europe. Uh, you got the Duke of Sussex, you got the uh, Earl of Zetland, you got the Earl of Grey, you got the uh, Prince Albert Edward, the Prince of Wales, you got the Duke of Strathern, the, the Prince George, Duke of Kent, uh, Henry Lascelles, the Earl of Harwood, Edward Cavendish, the Duke of Devonshire, Earl of Scarborough, Roger Lummy, and we saw still to this day, 1967 to the present day, the big head guy is Prince Edward himself, the Duke of Kent. He is the big grandmaster still to this day. Uh, in that organization. So these guys are high up. Now, watch this. Their involvement in, quote, politics. You don't just meet in secret. you got to advance your agenda. And I quote, Many in the British Parliament have accused Freemasonry of having influence in the, quote, judicial system. Right? And at one point, it was an attempt was made, and this is a secular source, by the way, an attempt was made to force all these Freemasons in Ugu, who, who work for the police officers, judges, and magistrates to publicly declare that they're a Freemason. In 2009, the ruling uh, was scrapped. Okay? And their other alleged activities from this particular branch of Freemasonry uh, who are responsible for these behaviors. And I quote, Masonic cover-ups such as the Jack the Ripper case. That people said that was a Masonic killing. The sinking of the Titanic. They say that there were certain people on there that the Freemasons didn't want. And another event called the Bloody Sunday Massacre, that was in 1972, when the British soldiers sought 26 unarmed civilians during a protest. Now that sounds creepy and conspiratorial, but hey, listen, if you watch their promo videos, nothing to worry about. They're just a bunch of do-gooders here to help society. And this is actually one of their promo videos. Watch this. Freemasonry is one of the oldest social and charitable organizations in the world. But what does it mean to be a Freemason? It means something different to everybody, and that's what's good about Freemasonry. It's unique to those that, that join. It's that feeling of togetherness or belonging. There's more that brings us together than separates us. The friendship the formality, the ritual, the curiosity, the opportunity to learn more about Freemasonry every day. You learn to be tolerant and, and accept uh, all others uh, as being your brothers. It offers an ability to do a lot of public good. Our members come from all walks of life. We're from so many different backgrounds, from bus drivers and tradesmen to actuaries and lawyers, accountants, you know, I'm really proud of that. Famous past members include Sir Winston Churchill. Wait a second, wasn't he like a key guy in World War II? Go back to the last study, what was it going to take three world wars to bring about this Luciferian order? Why was he put in charge? Did you see also what the guy said? We're not just people involved in politics and government, 
bus drivers, accountants, they're everywhere. I <laughs> know, they're just a do-gooders club. Don't get all freaky on me. Yeah, whatever. Hey, let's deal with the next one now closer to home. American Freemasonry. That was Europe. Now let's come closer to home, American. We're going to break this down because there's a bunch of branches on this bad boy. What? John Elway is a Freemason? Yes, he is. And so is John Wayne, by the way. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but let's take a look. I'm not going to get into every single one of these, but I want to. This is American Freemasonry. We just saw Oogle. Okay, Europe. But let's deal with the And what you're going to see here is there's basically Freemasonry in the center. Now you're going to go to the right and you have the Scottish Rite. That's what we're about to get into. If you go to the left, you're going to see what's called the York Rite. Rite just simply means like ritual. Okay? And then it's going to lead to the top dog, the Knights Templar, the York Rite. Okay, and then Lord willing, next time we're going to hit the women's orders, the youth groups, and the social orders as well. But this is all just in America. And again, it's America, but it's also spread across the world. But this is kind of breaking it down, what we're dealing with here. Now, again, let's start with the right one, uh, Scottish Rite Freemasonry. It's got two sections, northern and southern. Okay, uh, the Scottish Rite, the actual name is the ancient accepted Scottish Rite. Uh, they say it's probably the least misunderstood because it's not ancient and it didn't come from Scotland, even though it's called that. It actually came, again, from Europe. A lot of people say some English influence, but a lot of France, uh, French influence as well. Uh, but again, it's a rite of Freemasonry. And again, York Rite, Scottish Rite, what's that? Rite, in the context of Freemasonry, means a comprehensive system of degrees that a newcomer must advance in Masonic uh, knowledge and experience. So they have to go through this right uh, to gain, and typically the first three, the Blue Lodge, right? But then you can keep going up the right uh, to the very top, the 33rd degree, okay, is in the nature. Now, quote, Scottish uh, right Freemasonry, quote, is the most practiced right in the world. Okay, the other ones are big and influential, but that's what they say. This, again, secular stuff. And they also believed in what was called, what was the whole point? Originally, they, and it's up to 33 now, of course. Originally, it was up to 25 different rites, rituals that you had to go through, right? But they even called it for what they believe it is. It's a false gospel works-based deal. It was the right of the 25 degrees or the right of perfection. And that's how you get accepted into the Grand Lodge above because you've demonstrated through the rites and the rituals and the teachings of Freemasonry that you're clean. Again, that's why they wear their apron. That's supposed to represent their own man-made purity. The white gloves with their hands are even pure, that they're pure, able to be accepted. That's the blah, blah, blah. So that's what's going on uh, with there. Again, uh, the basically formed in 1801, Charleston, South Carolina is the big Mecca. The original founders of the Scottish Rite were called the 11 Gentlemen of Charleston. And, shocker, this guy also was one of the biggest uh, ones of getting it off the ground to become not just national throughout the United States, the Scottish Rite, but international. And that was Albert Pike, the guy that was involved in the Luciferian stuff and things of that nature, had that. Uh, and, not only that, uh, it not only has gone national, but in 1870, he moved it to a particular spot. And it rhymes with Washington, D.C. Now, the amazing thing is the reason why it rhymes with Washington, D.C. is because it's Washington, D.C. For those of you wondering, can you believe that? And that's been there since 1870. They probably just stayed there in a box. Or they've been there and have been, Yeah. That's what we're dealing with here. Now, it's also, there's a motto of the Scottish Rite. See if this sounds familiar. This is their motto. Order out of chaos. 
That's where that whole machinery came to be. You create a crisis, you manage the outcome. You create chaos, and you bring your order to that. And then ultimately, their version of a Luciferian society is your other one there, Novus Order Seclorum, New World Order. And you do that out of chaos. Why? Because people are more apt to surrender their freedoms in a time of fear than in a time of peace. So you need chaos. You need world wars to move the world in the direction you need it. But this is where it comes from. Scottish Rite, uh, order out of chaos. Okay? Uh, they've, of course, grown in number. Again, they're all over. Just not, it's not just America, but it's where it got its uh, founding started, basically. Uh, Europe, Asia, Africa, Latin America, etc., uh, the one in Washington, D.C. is often referred to as the, quote, Mother Supreme Council of the World. Wow. But hey, don't worry. They've got promo videos, too. Just to reassure us. They're here to help us. That's all it is. Don't get wacky on me. Right, Brian? Absolutely. Let's watch that and be encouraged today. What is a Scottish Rite Mason? A Scottish Rite Mason is a better man. A Scottish Rite Mason is his values. His creed. What is his creed? Progress. Human progress. Thought. Liberty of thought. Freedom of conscience. Truth. A Scottish Rite Mason is always learning, always looking for a deeper understanding, a way to human progress. A Scottish Rite Mason works towards rights, human rights, equal rights, for everyone, everywhere. A Scottish Rite Mason is brotherhood, community, family, helping those around him, charity. A Scottish Rite Mason is brave enough to stand up for other people and lend them a hand. A Scottish Rite Mason is spiritual, compassion, fellowship, dedicated to God, family, and country. A Scottish Rite Mason is leadership, a man who can lead through his values, a man who can stand up and say, being a Scottish Rite Mason makes me a better man, a man who is happy, fulfilled. What is a Scottish Rite Mason? A Scottish Rite Mason is a better man. How many times did they say that? He's a what? A better man. Excuse me? Through the, being a Scottish Rite and going through the rites and the rituals and this, you can become a better man. And notice every agenda there everywhere in the world. I think they left one thing out. They said, a Scottish Rite man is this. A Scottish man right who's bought into this is going to hell. That's the one they left out. Because you cannot become a better man or a better woe man. All have sinned, Romans chapter 3, and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. We all deserve to die and go to hell. If it wasn't for God's grace and mercy and forgiveness through Jesus Christ, we're doomed. You cannot get to heaven by your own bootstraps. But that's what they teach. And that's how they snooker people. Uh, the second branch. Now, we saw, remember, American? And then we went to the right Scottish right. Well, what was the left one? For those who actually were paying attention, it's called the York right. And these guys wear some funky, cool feathered hats as part of their gear. Everybody always has their gear, a little twist on it, right? You know, uh, use this loosely. I'm not saying they're the church, but, you know, some churches, you know, wear robes. Some wear don't wear ro robes. Some people wear uh, boring jackets. Some wear cool jackets, you know. We'll just say for what it is. You know what's real. It's Vegas, baby, right? Uh, but anyway, so they, everybody got their little uh, gear. But the York Rite uh, is also referred to as the American Rite. Again, it's just they got the Scottish Rite. And then you got another branch called the York Rite. But again, rituals, Freemasonry, it's all the same thing. It's just, and they tweak it a little bit, a little bit different flavors, a little bit, you know, one might focus a little bit more, they say, on the philosophy of Freemasonry. One's more focused on the ritual and the pomp and the stature of Freemasonry and all that stuff. But, but there, it's all at the core. It's still the false gospel of Freemasonry. Now, these guys are split into three 
primary bodies, the York Rite. You know, the, Southern, the uh, Scottish Rite had the two splits. This one's got three. You have what's called the Chapter of Royal Archmasons, then the Council of Royal and Select Masters, also known as the Cryptic Masons, and then you have the Commandery of the Knights Templar. That's if you work your way to the top. You get to be with the Knights Templar. And we'll see that in just a second. Okay, now the rite is named the York Rite after the city York, where according to one Masonic legend, the first meetings of Masons in England took place there in York. So that's what they do. They say, okay, so we're the York Rite, uh, going back to that deal. But they have a degree ladder that they work their way up, right? That's why it's split into three things. And again, it's a ladder to basically work your way to heaven to the Grand Lodge above. It's a works-based false gospel, right? But as you can see, you start at the bottom, you got to be a master mason, but then you move to, as I said, the three, the three splits. You work your way up to the Royal Archmason, then the Royal and Select Masters, or Cryptic, and then you make it to the very top. You can be the Order of the Knights Templar, uh, is what this is, uh, as you can see there. Now, what's interesting, again, is you got the Knights Templar, and that's some of their garb today. And uh, if you notice... Uh, one of their symbols is not just the red cross. We'll get to that red cross. We'll get to that in a second. There's a little teaser there, right? But they also have another symbol, and it is the cross and the crown. That's it on the left. Okay, and this is the top level of the York Rite, the Knights Templar. Who also has that? Jehovah's Witnesses. We dealt with that in our Jehovah's Witness study. They also had a tie, like the uh, Mormon, Jehovah's Smith, with the Freemasons, right? But if you don't know the symbols, then you don't see how they're tied together, and it explains where they're getting their information from. And it ain't from God, it's not from the Bible. Okay, but that's it. The Knights Templar is the final order, as you saw there on the chart, working your way up the ladder uh, of the York Rite. And uh, unlike other Masonic bodies, that they say, you just got to believe in a supreme being. Well, that could be any God. That could be any, any whatever you want, right? They say, well, we believe in God. Well, that doesn't mean it's the God of the Bible, that's for sure. And we saw that. But they, the Knights Templar, when you get that, they say that you have to profess to be a Christian to be admitted into this. That you have to specifically believe in the Christian God. Well, just because you give mental assent of God's existence, does that make you a Christian? No. James chapter 2, even the demons believe in God and they shudder. They're not saved. All right? So that just because they do that, but that is their, quote, requirement because they want to look like they're... Christians, but that doesn't make it a Christian. But they must, quote, sign a declaration and confess to the doctrine of the, quote, holy and undivided Trinity. All right? So if somebody just believes in the Trinity, does that make them a Christian? No. So none of this makes them a Christian, right? And, and by the way, remember their version of God was Jabulun, basically their version of the Trinity, which was three different, supposed to be Yahweh, but Baal. And the Egyptian three. So what trinity you're talking about here? Anyway, but that, that's a little bit of thing that they say. They, but they, that's how they fool people. Well, oh, they're Christians. You know, you got to believe in Christians. That's why we've got a cross, a red cross. Now, speaking of red cross, the, the Knights Templar division is called a commandery. And on state level, you have the grand commandery. And it's all called the grand encampment of the United States. Again, we're at the top level of the York Rite, the Knights Templar. Now, Again, they've got three orders. The first order, uh, and then one what's called a passing order, but the first one is called the illustrious order of the Red Cross. This is Knights Templar. Now, the reason why I put that also on the right there with the American Red Cross 
is because you're actually, and this is secular, you can go check it up yourself when you go home. The Red Cross, the actual name of the Red Cross is not just the Red Cross. It's called, and I quote, the full name is this, the International Red Cross and Red Crescent Movement. They dropped the other part because it's like, what? Right? But that's the official name still to this day. Right? Now, what's with the Red Crescent? Well, we're going to see that in a second when we get to the Shriners. This is where you get into all of worship and Lucifer and things of that nature. Right? But that's the same thing that you got going on with the Red Cross of the Knights Templar. They also have the degree of the Knights Templar, the degree of the Knight of St. Paul. Well, it must be a Christian. They mentioned Paul. And then you may have heard this one out in, the, in the, the Order of the Knights of Malta. You hear about that in some political circles. He's, he's with the Order of the Knights of Malta. No, that's not good. That's at the very top of the York Rite Freemasonry. That's nothing you want to be a part of or brag about, that's for sure. The York Rite provides the opportunity for, quote, Master Masons to be, continue their journey of, and I directly quote, self-improvement through degrees based on medieval history and charitable activities. And it's by imitation. But again, as freaky as this is, no worries. They're here to help. Watch this. Let's take a look. Any additional degrees you may receive in masonry only serve to supplement and amplify the symbolic degrees that have been conferred upon you in your lodge. Throughout masonry, you will learn of the two rites of Freemasonry, the Scottish Rite and the York Rite. A rite is not a ceremony or ritual, it is a system of administration and organized structure. Your York Rite journey begins with the blue or symbolic lodge as the basic foundation of ancient York masonry and includes the chapter of Royal Archmasons, the Council of Royal and Select Master Masons, and the Commandery of Knights Templar. All symbolic lodges are York Rite, regardless of where they are located around the world. On behalf of the officers and members of the Royal Arch Chapters, Council of Royal and Select Master Masons and the Commanderies of Knights Templar, I would like to congratulate you for having become members of the greatest fraternal institution in the world. We know the pleasure and gratification experienced on having been raised to the sublime degree of a Master Mason. You have every right to lift your head with pride in the knowledge that you are numbered with millions of good men throughout the world who stand for the continual promotion of brotherly love, religious freedom, and democracy which will bring peace and happiness to men of all creeds and nations. You catch that? Again, what's it? Lift your head with pride. Does the Bible say do that? No. Along with other good men. There is no one good, no, not one. And we're here to what? Create a universal religion for the whole planet. Is that biblical? Not even close. Third branch, and we're still in America. The third branch is what's called Prince Hall Freemasonry. You know why? Because it was started by a guy named Prince Hall. For those of you wondering, 1784. And what you can see here is basically it is the predominantly African-American fraternity, uh, the oldest and largest in the United States. So the enemy doesn't leave any stone unturned, and he goes after every segment of society he can and so now he goes uh, after this community as well. Again, this was started by a guy named Prince Hall. Uh, was Shaq? Shaq is up there. He's a, yeah, he's, he's a Freemason too, folks. You better pay attention to the pictures. There's a lot of them everywhere. Uh, history is, again, this was during the American Revolutionary War. Prince Hall, 
and 14 other free black men petitioned to get into the Boston St. John's Lodge Freemasonry. They were declined. So they sought uh, to start their own. They got accepted by the Grand Lodge of Ireland. And then they brought it here to America, officially accepted as the, quote, African Lodge number one. And, of course, Prince Hall started it, so he became the master. Is how it worked. Uh, things of that nature. Uh, the lodges today are recognized as actual, official Freemason Lodge by Oogle, again, the United Grand Lodge of England. And basically the majority of every one that's out there as well. So they're completely got the stamp of approval. And their legacy, Prince Hall's legacy, is that he is considered the father of American African Freemasonry. Now, let me give you some of their notable members, okay, in that community. Uh, Duke Ellington. Al Green. American singer, songwriter. What? You'd have Freemasons in the Hollywood, the music industry and stuff, and sports and... Entertainment media, yeah. Richard Pryor. Sugar Ray Robinson. The boxer. Jesse Jackson. We saw that before with the video. As well as Booker T. Washington. Both civil rights leaders. A whole list throughout Congress. This is just a few from the uh, U.S. representatives. Louis Stokes, John Conyers, Charles Rangel, John Lewis, Ralph Metcalf. Elijah Cummings, and Kwesi Mafumi. So involved in Congress as well, along with the other branches involved in the government all over the place, including Thurgood Marshall, the first African-American to serve on the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Freemasons on the Supreme Court? You ever wonder, like, we always get surprised, and it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to vote for conservative values. They're going to vote for what's right to the Constitution because it's uh, America first, the Constitution, biblical values is what the Bill of Rights, Constitution, Bill, and they're going to go for it. Man, we got the majority, and there's always that one person that messes it up. I wonder why. And they go along with the global agenda. Hmm. It's like there's people in high places messing things up. Right Now, let's get to the fourth branch. And again, we're still in American Freemasonry, and that's these guys. Basically, and this is their own words, uh, a little bit of crone uh, vernacular, these are the party animals of Freemasonry. <laughs> and that literally is how they pitch themselves. We're the fun guys, the fun masons. Right? Uh, they're also known as Shriners International today, but the real name is this. The ancient, here's the next word, Arabic. The ancient Arabic order of the nobles of the mystic shrine. And I'll explain why they changed the name not that long ago in just a minute. Their American Masonic Society established in 1870, headquarters in Tampa, Florida, right? And as you can see there, they, and this is their words, they're called the playground of Freemasonry. Shriners wear those hats called fezes. They ride little cars and parades. They sponsor circuses, dress up like Clowns, and quote, this is their words, not mine, do other wacky things to raise money for their 23 children hospitals in America known as Shriners Hospitals for Children, right? But again, see, hey, they're just here to help the kids. They're just, it's just another do-gooders club. And once again, that's what they always say in their promo videos. Let's take a look at that.
It begins in 1872 at the Knickerbocker Hotel in New York City. Led by Dr. Walter Fleming and actor William J. Florence, 13 Master Masons form a social club. For fun, they create a mysterious Near Eastern theme. It's called the Ancient Arabic Order, Nobles of the Mystic Shrine, and the popularity soars. By 1880, there are 7,200 members and 48 temples. By 1900, there are 55,000 members and 82 temples. In 1922, they build the first hospital in Shreveport, Louisiana, and commit to the mission of helping children with polio. Soon, there are 22 hospitals, and the medical mission grows. This is the story of this extraordinary brotherhood and how it has changed the world. The Civil War's ended, and uh, uh, in America's biggest city, New York City, a group of Masons comes together who think that it's great to be a Mason, but that lodge meetings are a little bit on the stuffy, stale side. They meet regularly for lunch at a place called the Knickerbocker in New York City, Manhattan, and decide that they need to form a, a club that will require you to be a Mason to be a member of it. We had two very prominent people who were really the movers and shakers to start the organization. Billy Florence, who was a very famous and well-known actor at that time, and Dr. Fleming, who was very prominent, uh, Walter Fleming, who was a very prominent physician in New York City. They were familiar with some of the customs and culture of the Middle East, and they decided that they would wrap this club that they were about to form around an Arabian Nights sort of pageantry kind of theme. And so the ancient Arabic order nobles of the Mystic Shrine is born as a social club for Freemasons. That's all it is. They're just trying to spice things up a little bit. What are you getting all wigged out over? They're here to help the kids. Yeah. And I quote, in a quest to make Freemasonry life more fun, a group of the Masonic Brothers, you saw, they started this in 1872, right? You had to be a Freemason, but then once you get, you can work to their top 33 degree. Uh, they uh, enjoy what they call temple activities, right? And, and that could be, quote, family-friendly events, sports, recreation groups, uh, motor corps patrols, home brew clubs, and where they're getting their ideas from. They're, they're the fun guys, right? And, quote, every Shriner is also part owner of the Shriners Hospitals for Children. A little financial reason to do that as well. Uh, and, again, you got to be a, a, a first, a master mason, and then you could be uh, admitted uh, and things of that nature. Now, they rebranded themselves not too long ago, and that was uh, after 9-11. You say, well, why did they do that? Well, 9-11... Uh, the Shriners were ousted as being a Muslim organization. And uh, so they moved uh, to, they removed their Middle Eastern titles. And I quote, changes including the original name for years was, as you saw, Ancient Arabic Order of the Nobles of the Mystic Shrine. Now it's just simply Shriners International. They renamed what they used to call the Arabic Patrol to just the patrol. And they removed the word Syria from the Syria Shriners vanity plates. 
And again, these guys are out there promulgating this stuff, doing all kinds of events, including this. They have the annual East-West Shrine Game, a football, college football all-star game. That's them promoting that. They also had a uh, golf tournament with uh, Justin Timberlake uh, for the Shriners Hospital. And they have an annual PGA Tour golf tournament here in Las Vegas. It's put on by the Shriners. And, of course, they have a ton of circuses around there as fundraisers and all of these things of that nature. Uh, they have uh, nearly 200 temples, what they call them temples, not lodges, local chapters. Uh, and the majority of them are in North America, but they can be found on six different continents. So like all the other branches, yeah, it's over in Europe, yeah, it's here in America, but they begin to spread elsewhere as well. Uh, and they got new developments right now, Shriners now being launched into Bolivia, Brazil, Germany, Panama, and the F Philippines. Now, who are some notable American trainers? Mel Blanc. You know who he is? Bugs Bunny. The voice of all Bugs Bunny. Yosemite Sam. That guy. John Wayne. Was a Shriner. Which is sad. You're thinking, the Duke. The Duke. If the Duke really believed this, it's a false gospel. The Duke went to hell. Wow. Ernest Borgnine. Roy Rogers. Surely him and his wife and that incredible horse were Christians. Notice how they use Christianese. Doesn't make you a Christian. If Roy Rogers believed what Shriners teach, Roy Rogers went to hell. Watch this. General Douglas MacArthur was a Shriner. Here it is. Supreme Court Justice Earl Warren. Another guy? Another Freemason on the Supreme Court? No wonder things are getting messed up. And Presidents Gerald Ford and Harry Truman. Wow. But hey, you guys don't get freaked out. I'm hearing your sighs. You're like, hey, hey. They're here just to help. You know what it's all about, having fun and raising money for the kids in the hospitals? No. As we saw before, let's remind ourselves, specifically with the Shriners, what's the big deal about those hats? And what's really going on behind the scenes, and who do you really worship? And it is not the God of the Bible. Watch this. The distinctive headgear that they wear, the fez, and which we've seen all these at circuses, at, at, at uh, uh, parades, they come down the street on their motorcycles wearing their fez. Tell us, first of all, what, what is the Shriners and what is the significance of that fez? Well, you'll see the men in the Shrine parades and the yes. Shrine circus wearing their red fez. Uh, in order to be a Shriner, you have to reach the highest degrees of Freemasonry, either the 32nd degree of the Scottish Rite or 13th degree of the York Rite. And then you're allowed to go into the shrine. And sadly, many Christians have gone into this, which is hard to understand. Because in order to be a Shriner, in the initiation, every Shriner takes a blood oath of allegiance to Allah as his God and Muhammad as his prophet. Now, are you kidding me? No. But you swear allegiance that Allah is your God, Muhammad is your prophet. You are then given this red fez with the Islamic sword and crescent, encrusted in jewels on the front of it. And you'll see men wearing this. And people say, well, why do they wear the red fez? 
It is because if you study history, uh, during the 7th and 8th century, as the Muslims swept across North Africa, they came to Fez, Morocco. And in Fez, Morocco, there was a large community of Christians, and Muhammad had ordered the slaughter of all the infidels, meaning Christians, who would not bow down to Allah and Muhammad as the prophet. And the Muslims went in with the Islamic sword, and there in Fez slaughtered thousands of Christians. And then they took their Fez hats, and they dipped it in the blood of Christians, glorying in the defeat of Christianity. And that's why the Fezes are red, representing the blood of Christians defeated by the Islamic sword, which they have encrusted in jewels on the front. And they said the blood ran so thick that the Muslims dipped their hats in the blood, and their hats turned red. And it's been a 1,200-year sign of Muslims' victory over Christians. And it was first commercially sold from Fez, Morocco. And uh, the Shriners were... Fezes. Now, the, sh the Shriners uh, tell us w why they wear the Fez. This is in a book in 1977 put out by the sh Sabar Shrine Temple. They say this in the book, quote, The Fez has been handed down through the ages as one of the most significant headdresses. The Fez derives its name from the place where it was first manufactured commercially, the holy city of Fez in Morocco, end quote. Also, during the initiation ceremonies of the Shriners, they, quote, seal their solemn oath in the name of Allah, the God of our fathers. A little later on in the ritual, they, quote, they acknowledge, quote, Islam as the one true faith. And uh, you can ask some guy who claims to be a Catholic or a Christian, that, that how can they do this, you know, that, uh, saying Allah is the one true faith. They also have on their calendar, the Shriners' calendar, the Order of Quetzalcoatl, which is pretty interesting because Quetzalcoatl is the stone serpent Lucifer, what is your problem? Just that, sir. Okay. I'm a Christian, sir. I'm pure and virtuous and wholesome and innocent. How can you say anything about, about me? Sir, you need to be born again. Now, did you just say that you are Lucifer? I am Lucifer. Okay, define Lucifer for me. Pure, virtuous, wholesome, innocent individual that's out to help people. Lucifer is? Yeah. Luc say that again. Lucifer is a pure, holy... Virtuous. Virtuous. Now, see the Lucifer that God created? That's the same one. Oh, man, this is great. I'm going to put this on the Internet. Oh, Amen. God bless you, Amen. brother. Because that's exactly what the Shriners and Masons teach, is that Lucifer, Lucifer is light. No. And you're, hey, what you're about confirming those hospitals? They, you know, they, they you know what, sir? <clears throat> Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did not, did not do these good deeds in your name. And you'll say, away from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Jesus said it? <clears throat> See, this is what a Mason confesses, is that Lucifer is light. We got duped. Notice they pledge allegiance to Allah. Muhammad is a prophet. That's another weird thing that's been going through courts and our government system. Why are you allowing so many Muslims who have pledged to murder infidels, which is not just the Jewish people, according to the Quran, go back to our study on Islam, is you and I the Christian? Why would our governments knowingly allow people who have pledged to murder Christians and Jewish people into our country? Maybe there's people up in high places who agree with their philosophy. And it's all going to be used as a catalyst to bring about a new world religion, a Luciferian order. And that 
crazy thing is, the Bible is the only book on the planet that tells you exactly what it is. It's called the Antichrist Kingdom, and you don't want to have any part of that. If you're saved, tell as many people as you can, run to Jesus fast. He's the only way out of this mess. And if you're not a Christian, you need to run to him fast. He's the only way out of this mess. You don't want to be left behind when this thing kicks off the ground. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you and thank you so much again for our study tonight. We thank you for just again your word. And thank you for just uh, being able to just again be encouraged. Yes, we witness to anybody, including the Freemason. But we can't get to the point where we start to compromise and we are actually aiding and abetting a false gospel. A false Jesus. A false understanding of you. And that's what Freemasonry is all about. And any false gospel pseudo-Christian cult. Help us to be consistent. Never cross that barrier that we'd stay faithful and true to your word because we've been seeing already in our study several people are coming out of this because your truth is being shown for what uh, these organizations really are. It's a satanic trap. And we thank you for that. But God has always helped us to Again, as we saw on, uh, on Sunday, the whole point of studying your word is not to be a listener only, but a doer. And that even tonight's study will cause us to do what your word tells us to do. To love people enough to confront them in their error, especially on eternal issues, because we would never want them to go to hell. That's why we will keep speaking up with what time we have left. It'd be a waste of time if we kept coming here and we just listen and nothing ever happened. May we never be that church, God. May we always be doers of your word, including from tonight's study. But we ask your blessings upon all of it. We ask all this in your wonderful name, in Jesus' name, and all God's people. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God, out of love, gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. Uh, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying, okay? How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand, okay? Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well... You guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, 
right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's His standard. Uh, uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I, I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer. I'm an adulterer. I'm a murderer. And the Scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step. To admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judges said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row? It's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty, and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what he was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, 
and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you could be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey, folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave. And the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.